Hey folks, how the hell are ya? I'm Houston. And I'm Kaylin, and you're listening to Crom or Reason. Da, da, da. is up you all hey hey how's the week going it's a week it's a week we hope everybody's doing fantastic today per usual per my last email (laughs) (laughs) per it's patrick is this the ghosty crap no this is patrick (laughs) firmly grasping such a stupid skill that I have. Oh, I cannot handle it. That's exactly what I thought whenever you said, my last email! <laughs> anyway, so enough uh, Patrick Starr. I have kidney pain. Kaylin's having appendicitis. Kidnitis? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually falling apart. Fully. <clears throat> but. Per her last email. Per my. Yeah, per her. Per her. Per her. Per her. <laughs> I'm starving and Kaylin's starving me further. I'm starving you further. (laughs) All right, so I guess we'll just jump right into it because Houston's starving, and here we are. Today is my episode, and I have a good one. I I actually went around to some people and asked them for some recommendations because I want to know what the people want to hear. What do y'all want to hear? What do you want to hear? Emails. So I talked to some of my coworkers. So I got some awesome suggestions. And this one, I didn't, I thought it was going to be interesting and I was here for it. But then I got into it and whoa, baby, she's crazy. I'm excited. So my case is about Joseph Ray Matheny, who was born on March 2nd in 1954. He grew up in Essex near Baltimore, Maryland. And... He endured a very traumatic childhood. It was full of neglect. He had an alcoholic father who died in a car accident when he was six years old. His mother worked extra hours at her multiple jobs to make ends meet for her and all of her six children. He claims that he was often sent by his parents to live at other families' homes, kind of like he was in a foster care arrangement. However, his mother claims that they were never hungry or became homeless, or relied on welfare, nor were they put in other homes like foster care, like he had claimed. So he was just lying about all that? He is a notorious liar. Okay, good, good. That's one of the reasons this case got so confusing, is because he lied about everything. So much that you were having to, like, try to put the pieces together. Oh, I had to chunk the timeline together all written down, because it was so frustrating trying to figure it out. His mother claimed that he was an above-average student and was always polite and was very smart. She's quoted, If he was neglected, it was his own fault. It was a pretty good home. That's the words from his mama. She's very, very confident. She was very confident in that. In 1973, at 18 years old, Matheny joined the U.S. Army. His mother claimed that he had served in Germany, but he claimed that he had served a tour in Vietnam. And then while he was there, he became addicted to heroin while in an artillery unit. Now, his mom said that she had no memory of him serving in Vietnam and that there was no direct records found indicating that even then the U.S. was involved in Vietnam when he was serving. So he just said that so that he could be like, I was part of the action. Yeah. 
I I don't know. Which like, dude, you're still in the military, right? Like, Either way, you're you in went the to military. Germany, right? Like, I'm so. still amazed. Tell me your tell me your story. You ain't got a lie. Yeah, you don't got a lie to spice it up. Afterward, he didn't stay in connection with his mom very much. His mother said, "I think the worst thing that ever happened to him was drugs." It's a sad, sad story. After leaving the army, he worked a lot of blue-collar jobs, like lumberyard work, truck driving. And while he was in these jobs, his desire to seek revenge began. I'm going to kind of chunk it out a little bit because first I'm going to do the confession where he tells us what happened. I had to go back after I read the confession and put the timeline together. So it's kind of going to be confession and then the actual timeline of what happened. So in 1994, Joe, who was referred to at this time as Tiny, despite him being a six foot one and of actually quite a larger frame. We all know some like massive dude who like towers over you and makes the earthquake under your feet named Tiny. Named Tiny, every, yes. Every one of us. 100%. It's like the best like bad joke of names that there 100%. is. 100%. This time he was living with his girlfriend and their six-year-old son in South Baltimore while he was out truck driving his girlfriend left him and she took their son with her when he came home from work one night he noticed that she had taken everything he wasn't upset about her so much but was enraged by the fact that she'd taken his son she was addicted to drugs and he's quoted saying that she was a worthless piece of shit and he would have paid to get her out of his life he also said all she had to do was take my son over to my mother's house and she could have had everything else and be gone after she left, he hung out at bars and lived with the homeless and was strung out on heroin, cocaine, and often drunk on Southern Comfort. He held a job as a forklift driver during this time, and he was described as intelligent, well-spoken, and he had good manners. After six months went by of him looking for his son, he found out that the ex had been living on the other side of town with a man who was using her as a sex worker to pay for their drugs. Now, his son had been taken away from them for child neglect and abuse. Uh, as expected. Which sent him into a full rage after he realized he wouldn't be able to get his son back from CPS because of his criminal record. He found out that the couple had been going under a bridge to get high with a couple of homeless men where he decided he would go look for them. Now remember, this is his confession. I will piece together exactly what happened. Oh, he's a pathological liar. Yes. He said he found the two homeless men under the bridge, but not his ex nor her new man. These two men had no idea where his ex was, and in his rage, he took an axe that he had just so happened to be wielding, and he murdered these two men. He said, they were passed out on some old stinking mattress, and that's where they were when I left. Except they were dead from being chopped up. Yeah, like, guys, this was such, like, a clear, spur-of-the-moment fit of rage. I just out of nowhere picked up the hatchet that I already had in my hand, and then just lost it. Now, these two men were named Randy Pike and Randall Brewer. In the confession, he said that same night was when he claimed he had lured his first female victim down under the same bridge, which I forgot at the beginning, but there's a few trigger warnings in here. There is rape, abuse, and some pretty extreme uh, violence. So, so this girl was a drug addict and she was a sex worker. He got her high and was pushing her about where he could find his ex. She didn't know anything about her. So he's just talking to all these people about, like, where is my ex? Why why can't I find her? Like, I need her right. so that I can get my son. So Matheny said he, and I quote, beat the hell out of her and raped her ass, then killed her. 
Jesus. And this is the confession that he's lying about? This is, this is, well, this is most of his confession. We'll, we'll find out. He buried her in a shallow grave in some bushes and said he lured a second sex worker down there and he did the same thing to her. But this time when he went to put the second girl's body in the bushes, he saw a man fishing out on the river looking at him. He took a steel pipe that was laying beside him and went down to the fisherman and hit him on the head with the steel pipe. He said he, quote, laid his head wide open and then he put the two girls and that man in the river and weighed them down with rocks. He said that he washed up in the river, like washed his hands up, that night after committing the five murders within seven hours, and then he left. So this isn't even, like, this isn't just like a serial killer. Like, he's on, like, a murder spree. He went into he's, like, mass a killing right rampage yeah. this night. Yes. He was arrested and charged with the murder of the two men under the bridge. Now, again, this is in the confession, so it's not all fully lined out right here. So he was arrested and charged with the murder of the two men under the bridge. He was held in jail for a year and a half, waiting for the trial, and it ended up getting thrown out because of lack of evidence, because they hadn't found those bodies. In the confession, he said that once he was free, he went back to his old boss and he convinced him to let him have his job back at the pallet company he'd been at before, where he was working the forklift. Anyway, so he got his job back. For why, I don't know. He was also able to convince him to let him stay in a small trailer on the property so that he could keep an eye on the place. The boss agreed and gave Metheny the keys to the front gate and the main building. He said that in that trailer, he lured two more women, which he called crack whores, to the trailer and killed them, then butchered their bodies. He then put each of them in Tupperware bowls and put them in his freezer. Kaylin, is he about to eat these poor women? Kaylin? Kaylin, is he about to eat these women? He said in the following weeks he opened up an open pit beef stand where he had real roast beef and pork sandwiches. He said they were very good because the human body tastes were very similar to pork. If you mix it together, no one can tell the difference. Caitlin, he fed these people to people. Mind you, this is in his confession. And he is a notorious liar. So it could have very well been for some extreme shocking effect that noise that you guys just heard was me trying to saw my own goddamn finger off (laughs) because i'm so stressed well he got me shocked in effect yeah yep 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 he did now he went on to say that things went well for him for the next few weeks until he ran out of this special meat he lured another girl up to his trailer and started to rip her clothes off and beat her he said she was screaming but it didn't matter because there was no one near them to hear her and he laughed at her Now, this night he said he turned around for a split second and made a mistake in doing so because she ran out of the door before he could get to her. He said that she scaled the pallets, and I quote, like a monkey, at the front of the property and got out of the fence which had barbed wire at the top. Then a man in a pickup picked her up and took her to the gas station where they called the cops. He said he gathered up the girl's things because he knew that the cops were on the way and walked to the gate of the company. As soon as he stepped out, the cops were there and pulled a gun on him. This is where it came to an end. They took him in and booked him because she told the cops he told her he was going to kill her like he had killed the rest. They took him back to the company and made him show them where the bodies were out in the woods. In his final words of the confession, he said, I had them going crazy over at the company digging up the remains of those two bitches there because I had their remains buried in seven different holes. The only thing I feel bad about in any of this is I didn't get to murder the two motherfuckers I was really after. And that's my ex-old lady and the bastard she hooked up with. 
Well, that's my story. Horrible but true. So the next time you're riding down the road and you happen to see an open pit beef stand that you've never seen before, make sure you think about this story before you take a bite of that sandwich. Sometimes you never know who you may be eating. I want to put into perspective the actual timeline of events, so this is where I'm going to get into the facts of this case. Okay. Joe Matheny was a prolific liar, like I said. Therefore, none of this adds up fully. So I had a little bit of an issue piecing the parts together, and it, it was just really confusing. So let me, let me explain. After his wife left, he, of course, was in a fit of rage. So the whole thing under the bridge, he definitely murdered the two men. But this one was in 1994. After he was living in all those homeless areas and he finally found that job at the place called Joe Stein and Son Pallet Company, he would claim his first actual known victim. Joe's first known victim was Kathy Ann Magaziner. She was 39 years old and she was a sex worker and she was lured to his trailer on the property of the Pallet Company. So he would confess that he murdered her around July 3rd of 1994. While in his trailer, he had sex with her and then he strangled her with an extension cord. He robbed her of her purse and clothes and then buried her in a shallow grave. And then he buried her clothes and her purse in a separate location. Her body would remain there for the next two years. He has claims that he dug her up at one point and removed her head and put it in a box and threw it in the trash. However, later on, she would be identified by dental records. This was in the space between the whenever he first started working at this pallet company. So I'm presuming that he lived in that trailer before he went to jail for the murder of the two homeless men. Did he only kill the two men? No. Oh my god. I just think that his timeline was messed up because he killed her first. That was his first known victim. Then the next possible murders were committed in 1995. On his search for his son, he found the two men under the bridge where his ex was said to go to buy and use her drugs, which is the two men, Randy Pike and Randall Brewer, both who were 33 years old. Now, this is where he chopped him up with an axe, tossed him into the river by the bridge, and, of course, he says that he committed all of those murders that night. However, none of them are proven. Like, none of them are proven that he did them that night, or none of them are proven, period? Period. He said that he murdered... The two men under the bridge. Five people, right? Two sex workers and the fishermen. So he chopped them both up with the axe, tossed them into the river under the bridge. There was another dispute around this same time between other homeless men and a man named Larry Amos stole that axe with which he murdered another person by the name of Everett Dowell. On August 2nd, 1995, when Dowell was murdered, the investigators found the two bodies of those men. Now I'm, I'm trying here. I'm trying. I know. It's so confusing, I'm telling you. He was arrested for these murders. This is when he said he got arrested and was in jail for a year and a half. He was arrested for these murders and he was in jail for 18 months waiting for his trial. When this trial came around, one member of the jury wasn't convinced that Joe was the one who committed the murders and he was acquitted due to lack of evidence on July of 1996. This is a Big mistake. So now we've got Kathy and Maxiner, uh -huh. the two under the bridge who he was tried for but not convicted of. In the middle of November of 1996, Metheny would claim his next known victim, whose name was Kimberly Lynn Spicer. She was 23 years old 
And he lured her back to that same trailer, because remember, he was able to get his job back and go live on that property. So he lured her back to that same trailer, and in this one, I couldn't find a whole, whole lot about what happened here. He wasn't charged of rape and robbery in this case. However, he did stab her multiple times in her neck, chest, and her stomach. On December 8th of 1996, so we're close here, Joe decided to bring his friend Rita Kemper back, who he had made friends with because they shared drugs with each other, mostly cocaine. So they were in this trailer and Rita refused to have sex with him. So he got mad and started assaulting her. This is the woman he spoke of in his confession who got away. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're getting somewhere. Yep. We're getting we're, somewhere. We're pacing it. Yep. He got mad at her, started assaulting her. And when she had a free chance, she ran. He chased her and apparently told her he was going to kill her and bury her in the woods with the other girls. Now she escaped and she was able to contact the police. In some reports, Matheny was said to still have had the body of Mrs. Spicer hidden on the property, and they said that he asked a friend to help bury it. He was arrested on December 15, 1996, along with the owner of the property, who was said to have possibly been hiding evidence for him. This is where his confession comes in. This is where he sits down and tells them what all he's done. This is when he made them lead them to where the bodies were on the property. Now, as I said earlier, Miss Magaziner was found decapitated, and ID'd with her dental records, despite Matheny claiming he had thrown her head in the trash. So, of course, that was a lie, because her head was there. Not in the trash. Not in the trash. Why'd you lie about that? I don't know. You he, still... I'm telling you, he is so... You still killed her. He's trying so hard to get that shock factor. There were also charges pressed for the murder of another woman who was named Tony Lynn Ingracia, who was 28 years old. In some sources, it says these charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. In others, it says that he was actually charged with this. So he confessed to a slew of murders and explained how he had removed the meatiest parts of the women he killed while in his trailer and would use them as meat for his barbecue stand, which is why he received his nickname, the cannibal. In his trial in 2000, the jury sentenced him to the death penalty. However, the judge actually overruled the jury's ruling and ended up giving him two consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. Overall, he confessed to 10 murders. He was only incarcerated for the murders of Kathy Ann Magaziner, Kimberly Lynn Spicer, and then also possibly Tony Lynn Ingracia. During his court appearance, he would be quoted saying, The words I'm sorry will never come out, for they would be a lie. I'm more than willing to give up my life for what I have done to have God judge me and send me to hell for eternity. Like, what a fucking slap in the face, yeah. dude. He's actual trash. He's just a dick. Yeah. I mean, he's a lot of things, but, like, dick is, is in that catalog of things that he is mm -hmm. in that description. Yep. Yep. The cannibal, murderer, uh, rapist, dick. Yep. The whole description. Mm-hmm. All around. Now, when he was asked why he committed the murders, he replied, sense of power. I don't know. Vulnerable. I dreaded. Just, I got a very, got a rush out of it. Got a high out of it. Call it what you want. I had no real excuse why, other than I like to do it. I don't know how to describe it. Matheny was found dead in his jail cell at 63 years old in 2017. Many sources say it was under investigation, and then a few said it was natural causes from a life of drugs and extreme obesity. Now, I know it was a bit confusing, because I was confused. 
I really had to sit down and put the timeline together because his confession did not line up with what happened. actually happened. That's why I wanted to do the confession first, because obviously he's a piece of shit and was really trying to give some shock and awe. He was officially convicted of those three murders, and then he died in jail, as he should. Now, back to your question. Did he actually sell barbecue sandwiches on the side of the road that were made of people? I'm not really sure. I don't love it. What if he wasn't a pathological liar about anything? What if everything was true? To be fairly honest, I want to say that what he said is true. He just got his timeline mixed up. I think that he could have possibly been taking women back to that trailer. And from just his confession, it seems like he killed more than more than what... Like, like I said, they said he killed 10 people. Right. Oh my god. That's... Yikes. That's my case about the cannibal. My brain hurts. Yeah. Do you remember... A few episodes ago when we did those Reddit stories. Mm-hmm. When we came out of the first two. And I was like, like you can see sparks shooting. Yeah. And then my eye was twitching. There's like smoke shooting out of your ears. Yeah. I see it. It's the first time that that happened with the case. Mm-hmm. I was like, Reddit stories I'd expect with this. I was like, I'm sorry. Whoa. I need him to not lie or I need everybody else to get their facts straight. One or the other. Yeah. That's so fucking wild though. Wild. Part of me is like... There's no way that he was crazy enough to do all that and hoping that he's just a pathological liar. But what if he did? But what if he did? Oh, God. I don't want it. Now we've got people who possibly ate sandwiches that were made out of people. He just, he was also very disrespectful. Like the way that he spoke about all of these people in his life. And also incredibly condescending. Exactly. Narcissism to the nth degree. Yeah. 100%. No, fuck off, dude. Yep. Go right the fuck on. Well, if you want more crazy fucking cases like that, stick around. Let's go. Yeah. Well, um, make sure that you check us out on all of our social medias at... Crime or Reason. Make sure that you send us an email at... Crime or Reason at gmail.com. Make sure you leave us a rating and a review so we know how we're doing. Good, bad, or ugly, sad. Both. (laughs) (laughs) Other than that, thank you for coming to see us, and we will be seeing you again soon. Thank you guys so much. We love you all. And we hope that you all stay safe. We hope that you all stay healthy. And we hope that you stay criminal. criminal. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.